Hey there, it's beginning to look and feel a lot like Christmas. We are uh, having a Christmas series here at Discover Church where we are talking about something that we're all probably a little bit guilty of, and that's re-gifting, and talking about how that philosophy and theory actually works when it comes to how we're supposed to treat our faith. Hope you enjoy this message. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast, and you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. talking this year about regifting, and uh, I know normally, uh, in the normal year, you'd have lots of parties, holiday parties and stuff like that, uh, that you'd be checking out. Uh, I, I don't know, Frank, do you know, some of the parties are called white elephant parties. You know why they're called white elephant parties? Do you know that? No, you don't know. I don't either. Uh, I was hoping somebody else, if you know, by the way, why they're called white elephant parties, make sure you let me know before, or you can put it in the comments if you're online. I wanted though um, to take a second here because I've uh, I've been giving you a little bit of surprises uh, throughout the past here you know a couple weeks with Christmas and I wanted to give you uh, a little bit of an insight in some of the incredible gifts uh, that I have received uh, at some of these white elephant parties because you know that anytime you go you could get the good gift right you could get something really good or not so much right and so I tend to get what I, I guess what I would call, you know, the, the really good gifts. And I also have really good friends uh, because sometimes some of these gifts aren't aren't like meant to be passed around. They were specifically meant for me. And here's here's the first one I found that was specifically meant for me. You might not be able to tell from far away, uh, but this is hair regrowth treatment I was given at a what, this is a Christmas Eve party or not a Christmas party one time that I was given. And I just I keep this around just to remind me about how much my friends love me. And uh, how much they they really appreciate uh, appreciate me. Uh, also, um, my friends also really cared about my safety. So one of the things I did get one year is some. Uh, z- now this looks like silly string, but this is not silly string. This is zombie repellent, and it just says keep calm and spray. So if you ever needed a little little zombie repellent, you know what I mean for Christmas. Maybe it was just something where uh, where you know you you got to be prepared. You got to know. And uh, speaking of being prepared. Uh, one of the also one of my favorite ones that uh, I, I received one year is uh, if you don't know what this is, this is this is campers toilet paper, uh, and everybody needs a little camping toilet paper. Why I, I don't go camping, but uh, in case I do, or in case the mood just hits, I, I guess I didn't think about this when COVID hit and toilet paper was running in short supply. I bet I could have sold this online for a mint. I, sh- I I missed my opportunity. I missed my chance there. Uh, but uh, we've been talking about regifting this year, and I know if you're like me, uh, regifting is one of those things that uh, you, you're, you don't always want to do it. But there's some things when it comes to scripture that we are literally called that we are supposed to uh, be regifting. We've already talked about hope, we've talked about joy. And uh, today I-, I wanted to kind of get into something. If you have your Bibles, uh, you want to open it up to uh, Luke chapter 2, whether that's you have your paper Bible or maybe you have the Version app. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 here and looking at uh, something a little bit different. And this is peace. And uh, Frank kind of didn't know it, but he kind of led into this uh, when, he, when he shared a scripture earlier. But uh, here's what it says in Luke uh, chapter 2. Uh, Starting in verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby. They were guarding their flock of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the glory of the Lord surrounded them. And one of the things that I I find here is that they were terrified. And 
and I want to just take a quick second here to point out how interesting is it, and I don't know how many times this has happened in your life, but in my life this has happened uh, several times, uh, where God shows up, and sometimes, most of the times, I would almost argue that when God shows up, sometimes it can be pretty scary. Like, it can be a moment where God shows up in your life, and you get that, like, oh, no, what, like, what is about to go down? What is about to happen here? And this is exactly what we find uh, with the shepherds, but I love it because the angel he, he wants to reassure them. He says he reassures them. He says, listen, don't be afraid. Uh, he says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all peeper, people. Peeper. What is that word? Peeper is not a word. To all people. It says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in the strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then suddenly the angel was joined by a vast hope a host of others. And this is the point in which if you haven't already had an accident on yourself, you probably would at this point in time when all the other angels and the armies of heaven praising God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And then I, lo- I want to focus on this here. And it says, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And I know one of the things that is is awesome, and it gets spelled out here by the announcement from the angel to the shepherds that, that, listen, we have to understand that where Jesus is, that is where peace is. So if you don't have Jesus, you can't have peace. And if you have peace, then you, you have to have the Lord because peace can be really hard to find for a lot of people. And, and peace this year has been kind of one of those crazy things, whether it's work, uh, trying to figure out working in home, working from home or in person, uh, or Lord knows that we've all had to make the decision like uh, 17 different times about whether you're going to send your kids to in school or hybrid school or online only. And, 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 and it's just one of those ones. If you're in college, uh, you know, you try to go to, to, to school, you want to have that on uh, that in person on the campus experience, but you can't do it because everything gets shut down. Uh, in fact, I know a few people that are in college that basically uh, went there, then they got kind of banned to their room. So you're like at college, but you're still home basically it, it, doing your schooling. You know, even getting together uh, for during family time for Thanksgiving and Christmas this year has been crazy. And it's hard to have peace because you kind of like, you know, you don't know. Is it is it dangerous? Should we go? Is it for real? And, 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 and one of the things that the angel says is that peace Peace through all this. Peace in everything that you have in your life and in my life. Peace can be found in a manger in Bethlehem. And, and I think to me, I, I wanted to take just a few seconds here with you today and talk about, like, where can this, what, is, what kind of peace does Jesus bring? You know, what kind of peace can we find in our lives or we, should we find in our lives? And really for us at this time of year, this is a really good kind of self-assessment. It's a self-assessment to figure out, like, if you have anxiety, then guess what? That's not peace. And if you feel troubled and, 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 and are stirred about something, then that's not peace. And I want to tell you before we get into this, just as a, 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 an example, and this is something that I, I've had specifically happen in my life, I, and I don't know why. Oh, I, I guess I got to do. Uh, but for, for many, many years, uh, every Saturday night when we would get ready to come to, to church on Sunday, I, I never, I, I would spend, I probably spent two and a half years at least, Frank. I wouldn't sleep good. 
And I'm just like, why can I not sleep? And, and I guess it's the, the only thing I can have uh, a thought or theory to it as far as why this happened is because I guess I had this underwhelming desire that or underwhelming thought, maybe, that I was going to show up for Sunday. And when we were portable, you would get to the high school and the janitor's not there. What do you do? You know, or, or you, you come here and, and then like half the go team doesn't uh, make it in, make it in, or something like that. Or you know, we start service and and we'd be like another pastor that I know of that that I felt so bad for. They started service and three people came, and I'm just like, Lord, please don't let that happen to me. Like I don't, and you get the the anxiety that sets in in life, right? But here's the thing, that's not how I was called to live, and that's not how you. We're called to live, whether it's you feel that way at going to work on Monday or going to school or whatever it is. That is not how we're called to live. So what kind of peace does Jesus bring? And I think the first one is this. He brings peace to my soul. He brings peace to your soul. And, and this is something, it, it, this is like a natural, this is a good resting peace for you and I to have. That when in the midst of everything, when everything gets flipped on its head, uh, what do you do? You know, and it says this in Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have the peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We can have peace and rest assurance because uh, of what God has done. I spoke to somebody this week, and, and they were said, you know, I normally was okay, but man, this today I've had uh, uh, such a hard time because of something that happened to a friend that they were really uh, connected with that they cared about and they just were heartbroken of it. Uh, and and the, the thing is, is I was like, man, I know that you feel like this is a sorrowful thing, but really the, the, the what you have right now is incredible because you have such a heart for this other person that what has happened to them is breaking your heart. And man, if there's anything that's like Christ, that is exactly it. So peace doesn't mean that you're always happy and skipping and running around and, and just having an excitement. But what it is, is it really starts with the fact that salvation has to come in your heart and in my heart. And, and, and I know this is going to be hard for some people to hear, but we have to realize that we live in a day and culture which salvation seems like to be this far off thing. The salvation is something where we don't have to have. We can just either come to church or participate, and that, that equals salvation. And it doesn't. We also live in a culture, I have people like this in my own family. I have people in my family that think that salvation is just, quote, living right, right? It, it, it's, it's doing okay things or, or, or living in a certain way. And we have to realize that that is not salvation, that that is not where peace cannot come into your life just because uh, you don't smoke and you don't cuss or you don't drink or whatever the whatever the thing is living whatever your version of right is is not it it's the fact that we have to experience salvation and i'll tell you why and uh this is something that happened to us recently uh, in our house uh, a few this is just this is a fresh one okay this one just happened all right like a few uh, i think it was about maybe two weeks ago something like that uh we were eating dinner amy was making something it was amazing because she's an amazing cook and it's amazing i'm not like 700 pounds okay like she's that good of a cook all right so she was making dinner uh it was i think tacos for the night you know tacos i don't know about you but i love some tacos i love them i it, tacos i can eat tacos every week i love it i love it. pretty much any form uh, of uh, a hispanic food i just love it it's amazing well, in the midst of her doing this, she was kind of doing deconstructed tacos. And if you don't know what that is, that means she didn't have time to do all the stuff she would normally have done to tacos. So it was like, you know, put your taco meat on a chip or in a salad, and that's it, right? Okay, deconstructed tacos. 
Well, me being the big dummy, I was like, you know, I, I think I'd really love a taco shell. I'm pretty sure we got some taco shells in the pantry. Let's throw them in the toaster, you know, get them heated up because, come on, you got to have that nice, warm, crispy taco. You know what I mean? When you put that in there and it's just, it's amazing. Y'all are going to want it tacos afterwards and it's going to be awesome, okay? Well, in the meantime, she puts the taco uh, shells in the toaster oven and we, you know, sit down to get started. And as you can imagine, I come around to check on them and as I do, I see the fact that the toaster is engulfed in flames, like full-fledged, like we are like, woo, wow. So needless to say, I, I have, you know, the thought that, you know, it takes that, that slight delay of like the, okay, dummy, what do you do? You know what I mean? And, and so thankfully, I, I unplug it. Uh, so that was my first correct thing I think I did. Then I almost did something really kind of dumb where I started to open the door, and I was like, nah, that's a bad idea. Let's keep the fire in the toaster and not everywhere else, you know? But then Amy comes, and uh, basically the rest of my family, for the most part, Elijah was relatively cool, but the rest of my family, like, they lose their mind. They're like, ah! You know what I mean? Like, they, like they, they totally, they failed the fire drill is what I'm trying to say, okay? It was pretty bad. And so uh, my wife decides that she's going to get a cup of water to put out the fire. And, uh, and so, I, and of course, in, in my process of thoughts, I'm like, I'm not sure that's the right course of action right now. Uh, and she opens the door. She throws some water in there. And then what do you know happens with fire, right? Smoke and, and all the other, you know, everything else that comes with it. So the next thing you know, and, and this it all happens in like 45 seconds like this is not like an hour's long this is quick this happens in so such a fast time well needless to say uh you don't know it but three taco shells can create enough smoke to fill your house up seven times over again okay that just take it from me you don't have to go home for the science experiment just believe me on that and needless to say then uh, it, this was not on a night. It was not 60 degrees outside, but we had to get the smoke out. So we opened every window and every door. We just left the front door wide open. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we have got to do something. And how many of you know, if you live in Delmarva, we live on like the windiest place. It's like the plains of Serengeti around here. We got wind blowing all the time, don't we? Not that night, boy. There wasn't a, uh, like, if there was no wind to be seen or heard from, I mean, nothing air was silent so all that smoke just sat in the house we're freezing our tails off the alarms are going off and the dogs freaking out thinking like what in the heck is going on here and through all of this stuff through everything that was happening the, I, I was able to stay calm right so I, I was able to stay calm everybody else might have been running around like chickens with their heads cut off but i i stayed pretty calm cool and collected but really to me this is where salvation and, and peace come from. Because, listen, I, if in your life, you've got to recognize that in your house, there's a toaster on fire. And you've got to get it out. And getting the toaster out of your house while it's on fire, that's great. That's salvation. That's salvation. When salvation comes in, all of a sudden, you recognize that that's there. And then we're like, hey, this is not good. This is going to hurt me. And this is going to hurt us. So guess what? This has to go out. And so that, that's salvation. It is that. But here's the second part that has to come, and, and the piece that has to come in is to help clear the smoke out of your life. Because you can have, listen, I might not have had any fire in my house at all, but man, I was not going to live right. But you know why? Because I had so much smoke that you couldn't see from one side of my house to the other. And guess what? That's not good for me. That's not good for you. 
So if you, the first step is, is to take that uh, salvation from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, and say, guess what, Lord, I need you. I have to get this fire out of here. But the second part is, is to allow him to do work in your life and in my life and for us to clear that smoke out of your life so you can actually see, so that you can live, so that you can breathe cleanly and, and purely, so that you can realize that, guess what, there's something that God wants to do in you and through you. Romans 5, 2 says this, it says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, so that, well, guess what, we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. How many of you know that if there is smoke in my house, I can't have people come over? I can't share my joy with other people because, guess what, they, can't, they couldn't breathe. <laughs> They'd die themselves. It, the room has to be clear. There has to be peace in your life because guess what? After we find Jesus brings peace to your soul, the second one is this, is he wants to bring peace to your relationships. I don't know about you, but I have relationships that I, I need some peace in. There are some, some relationships that I have that, that need a little bit of that. And here's what Matthew 5, 9 says this. It says that blessed are the peacemakers. Can you do me a favor? Can you say peacemakers? peacemakers. It doesn't say peacekeepers. There's a difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. But he says, blessed are the peacemakers because guess what? Uh, They're going to be called the children of God. You know, but sometimes it's so hard because we want so badly to be right. We want so badly to have the last word. I was definitely 100% when I was growing up, I was guilty of having to have the last word. Uh, that my, my, my parents would be like, you just got to have the last word. That's why I'm not looking to this side of the room right now because dad's over here. I, I, you just got to have the last word, don't you? But what about this? Have ever thought that about being a peace breaker? Like sometimes you're like, man, I, I'm about to throw down on somebody. This happened to me. We were doing some work to the house, and I had ordered uh, some metal for a roof that was going to go on the back of our house, right? So I had to get the metal because – I was working, and I had nailed a whole bunch of stuff into the, uh, into the roof. And if you don't know anything about construction, you know that when you nail stuff into your roof, that's a bad thing. Okay, When it rains, guess what happens? She's going to leak. And, and in uh, the company that I was working with trying to get the supplies, they were not just coming through when they said that they were going to get it there. Well, of course, we had already had all this lined up. I've got everything framed up and ready to go. So Pastor Curtis had to get a little nasty. Now, this is not like cuss somebody out on the phone and threaten to come over to their house or nothing like that. That is not that kind of nasty, okay? But I was nastier than I would have normally wanted to have ever been. And and at the end of it, at the end of it, I'm I'm here apologizing to this guy, even though, again, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. So technically, who was right? I was, quote, right, but what I did was not right. And so therefore, uh, we I had to, to really allow uh, some humility to come into my life to apologize, to be part of that. Because guess what? If you want to see more of Jesus in your life, then you're going to find that when Jesus comes in, he's going to bring peace uh, in those relationships uh, to you. It says Romans 12, 18. I, I love this one. Because if it is possible, and, and we all know that everything's possible, right? All things are possible through Christ who gives me strength. But it says as far as it's possible, as far as it depends on you, not the other person, but what should you do? You should live at peace with everyone. And how about this? When you allow the presence of God to come into your life and you allow God to move, he'll bring peace to your soul. He'll bring peace 
you relationships, but he will also bring peace to your future. I know I am anxiously uh, anticipating 2021, and this is going to sound really, really dumb on why, okay? Uh, I am anticipating 2021 because we have not traveled like anywhere this year, and I so badly want to travel somewhere. I love to travel. It's just like it's the beyond my family and the church. I just, I love to do it. I love to go see other places. I love coming home. I'm not leaving Sussex County. I love being here, but I love to travel. And so I know when we talk about the future and you're like wanting to think about plans in the future, maybe it, what's your what's your job going to be like? You know, is your is your uh, your business going to grow next year? Is it going to shrink? Are you going to be able to go back? Uh, can you go to school in person at all this whole season, this whole year? You know, do we ever get to go on vacation? You know, it, all the things that have a little bit of tendency to start stirring stuff up and anxiousness inside of us. I think ultimately when we find this out, we find that Jesus has a, a really clear thing. And it, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture here. This is another great one. This is Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We find Jesus really lays out some really great points for people because worry and anxiousness, anxiety, this is not something that we've dealt with only in 2020 or in our era, in our age. This is something that's been around and existed for a very, very long time. And Jesus knew that people needed peace in his time frame. So one of the things that Jesus did is he used the common example here that we're going to talk about in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, where he really kind of ties this with money. Uh, because we all know that money tends to, to, to be the boiled point down when, for a lot of our problems. But, but I love what, what he lays out here, and we're going to go through uh, from Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, and then we're going to skip a little bit in here. But it says this, it says, uh, this is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life. And you're like, well, thanks, Jesus. I didn't already know I was supposed to do that, right? No, but he says, listen, don't worry about your everyday life, whether you have enough food, enough drink, whether you have enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And then what I love here is he wants to understand. Jesus tries to take this and put this in a big picture perspective. He wants you to see the entire thing. Because what he says, he says, look at the birds. Guess what? They don't plant. They don't harvest or store food in barns. They don't have to go to BJ's for the jumbo bulk pack of toilet paper. But yet, guess what? Their heavenly father feeds them. And then I love it because he ties this in. He says, and aren't you far more valuable than them? He says, call all your worries, or can all your worries add a single moment to your life? We all know the answer to that. So why then do you have such little faith? Why do you have such a little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat? Or what will I drink? What will we wear? But now I, I want to I highlight this next part of this verse here because this is so important. And this really, for me, when I start worrying about stuff, I think about this verse, and it kind of brings me back down to, to earth a little bit. Because Je this is what Jesus says. This is not my words. This is Jesus' words. He says, these are things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. You know why Jesus says that? Because people who don't have Jesus don't have peace. So they worry about this stuff. But if we're over here, if we're in the Jesus camp, then guess what? Jesus is saying, you don't have to think about those things. I got you. It's all good. I I'm here. But he says, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. So what should we do? We should seek the kingdom of God above all else 
and live righteously. And guess what? He is going to give you everything that you need. I want to ask the worship team to come back up here with me. Has anxiety or worry ever led to adding a moment to your life or to my life? Has it ever? No, it hasn't. All it does is it, is it messes your stomach up. It gives you a loss of sleep. It brings tension in relationships that you don't want because you want to have peace in those relationships. I remember back, and hopefully I don't talk about this too much. I, I try to talk about it enough because I, I love for you to know and to hear a little bit of the story about when we launched Discover Church in that time frame. But I remember when, when we were going through this and when we launched Discover Church, I had literally no idea what to expect. I had lots of hopes. I had lots of things that you know, we, were, we were hoping we were going to do and hoping we were going to be. I had an awesome team of people around me that were believing in us and believing in the vision and the dream. But ultimately, we had really no idea what to expect. And I do get people that ask me from time to time, they'll, you know, they'll say, you know, did you ever think that, you know, three years old, you'd have, you'd have your own building that you'd be in and that you'd be where you are? And undoubtedly, the answer is 100% no. Not a chance. Not a clue. I, I couldn't have literally gotten a piece of paper and drew a map to get to here to this point. I couldn't have done it. Because in my mind... You couldn't, you couldn't afford this. You couldn't do this. Like, how, how would all the pieces work together and come? But isn't it something how every time God, God wants to move us forward, there's that unsense of comfortableness. There can be that scary moment and that trust. Just like when the angels show up to the shepherds to make their big announcement. Guess what? God was in the midst of doing something big and everybody was freaking out. What is happening? But in those moments of uncomfortability, this is exactly in that portion from Matthew 6 where Jesus is saying, guess what? You don't have to think that way. You don't have to do that thing because those people, the the people that have that thought, guess what? They're unbelievers. They don't believe in me. If you do, you're going to be over here in this camp. One of the things I had heard a teaching on recently, and I thought it was so, so good, was that when the Israelites were coming into the promised land, and, and if you know the story in the Old Testament, you'll know, obviously, when Moses was the leader and they were leaving Egypt, you know, Moses takes his staff, he goes out into the water, and what's he do? He holds it up, he puts the water in his staff out there, and what's the water do? The water just, it parts. Everybody crosses over on dry land. And everybody's like, yeah, let's go, Moses. Okay, well, then Moses dies, and all of a sudden Joshua's in charge. And it's obviously going to be a little bit of a challenge for Joshua to to, to lead this group of people. And and one of the things that happens is they have to cross the Jordan River. And one of the times that they have to go cross the Jordan River, what I love is God told uh, Joshua what to do. And he says, listen, get the guys with the tabernacle, go out with the ark and, and, and have have everybody go out and start crossing. And one of the things, if you read the story, that is totally different from what God did the first time, is that as they go out, you know where the, the water doesn't start parting when their feet hit it. 
they're into their ankles, then they're they're into their their knees, then they're up to their hips, and then all of a sudden, they're probably thinking it because I'm this is me. I'm 100 percent thinking like God, uh, God, um, we got a situation here. We need some part into the waters because if not, this is not going to go too far. This is not we're not going to make it too far. But one of the things I love is that after they wade out into the water, guess what? You know what happens? God shows up. God shows up, and all of a sudden, the miraculous happens, and the waters part, and they, they cross over. They have that opportunity. And I think about that so much in your life and in my life where, where man, you get out there, and, and we want God to be the God where you st- stick that big toe in, don't you? You, st- you? That big toe hits the water, and all of a sudden, the waters part. And you just see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, yeah, let's go. Sometimes, though, you got to get a little wet. Sometimes all of a sudden it starts rising and, and around you. And then all of a sudden you say, boy, God, are you here? Fear and anxiety, are you here, God? And that's when he says, are you going to have my kind of peace? Would you, would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to pray with each individual person here today, each family that's here, each one that's online and joining us. Father God, Lord, I know that there has been so much about this time, this year, this season that we're going through. Some of it COVID-19, and some of it has absolutely nothing to do with that at all. But Lord, I know that people need peace more now than they ever have before because the rate for suicide, depression, all are skyrocketing around the country and around the world, Father God. And Lord, I know what that means. You know what that means? That means we're worrying about the wrong thing. We're worrying about stuff that we don't have any control about. But Father God, you say that if we can stand and we can live in you, then guess what? You have the peace that passes all understanding. You have what it is inside, Lord, that you can come and live inside our hearts and our lives, Father God, and that you can reassure us your sons and your daughters, that guess what? We don't have to worry about that anymore. Father, we thank you for that. We praise you. And listen, if there's anybody here, if there's anybody watching online right now, that you say, guess what? This this is the moment in time I want to surrender my life to God. If this is that moment for you, listen, just, just, uh, uh, just, you can, if you're here in person, raise your hand. If you're online, just call out to him. It's a simple prayer. You just say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me. I'm in the water and I'm worried. I'm looking around and I don't know what to do. Jesus, save me. And allow me to have the peace that you promised in Scripture, Father. And the amazing thing is, is if you can say that prayer, if you can mean it, if you can just come before him today that he's going to hold up his end of the bargain we just thank you we give you praise today father would you sing this song with us as we get ready to close